This is Andy Perot for Boxing Social in association with Betfred, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Caldwell over Zoom once again. Dave, congratulations on a successful weekend for yourself. Um, let's start off with Hopi Price. Impressed with what you saw from him? Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, he handled the whole last-minute sub, multiple last-minute opponents' job really, really well. It was it was disappointing because he was wanting a big test in Zayda saying 16-1. and one. Then we got um, Uriel Lopez. It was a massive test for him. Um, and then another tough, good Mexican. And then we ended up with a guy that was so small. I mean, listen, I'm short, but when, when we went to the centre ring, I was taller than the other guy. So, um, yeah, that's that's always awkward for, for a tall fighter. Uh, but I thought he handled it really well. Um, the things that were working on in the gym with him on, with his inside game, I thought he did really, really well in there when 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 he um, Mendoza got on the inside. Um, so yeah, and he pulled out some lovely, lovely counters to show his class. But yeah, it was it was all part of the education, all part of the development, and it was he did a great job. I'm really happy with him. The likelihood is, Dave, I hope he may probably never face somebody as short as what Mendoza was again in his career. No. Um, but having come through that test, what do you think are the best positives or the biggest positives hope he can take away from dealing with what was a very awkward opponent? I mean, he was coming in very low. Not getting frustrated and sticking to it and count how many times he, he, he actually got hit, even on the inside, when, when Mendoza... If you look at Mendoza, he throws a lot of punches. He does throw a lot of punches. But he wasn't allowed to. He wasn't allowed to at range. And then when he got in close, when he rushed in, he, he got in close and 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 hope he managed those moments as well, which is very important for a tall, rangy fighter. Because, you know, he showed in the first couple of rounds against Johnny Phillips, and then he showed in uh, in this fight as well that when they do get on the inside, he knows how to shut them down and he knows how to cope with that. And he was digging little little shots on the inside himself. Um, again, it's part of his experience. He's that was his fourth pro fight. You know, he's twenty years old. All these little things that he has to deal with under lights, in weird circumstances with no crowds and things like that. All these things that he has to deal with in each fight adds to his game. And you know, twenty years old is he's, he's he's a very very good kid. Very, very good kid, and his temperament is fantastic. Because although it was scrappy and it wasn't, you know, it, it it wasn't to look at. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't great. But in there, he's learning as it, as it's going along. And like I said, the, the stuff that you have to learn in clinches and up close are very, very valuable for when when you step up. So you know, it, it, it was it was good. He didn't get frustrated. He stuck with it, and and he did a great job. What's next for Hopi, Dave? There's a lot of talk about kind of people in the same bracket as Hopi. Just people like Dalton Smith, for example, who are very early stages of their career, stepping through the ranks maybe a bit quicker than previous fighters, because especially because of the situation with COVID and what have you. But what what is next for Hopi? Is the plan to try and get the Zahid Hussain fight next again? Or yeah, if he wants to take it, yeah. But I mean, a lot of things offer offer people um, that. Sorry, you lost a lot. So I was okay. ringing there. Um, maybe a lot of things up a lot of people saying that you know he doesn't really want it. Um, maybe he'll look at that the other night and think maybe he does want it. But yeah, we'd we'd like that fight again, um, rescheduled and to go ahead. If not, then you know people around that sort of sort of level. Um, 
and I need fighters that are coming coming to win against OP because that's the experience he's going to get. There's no point in having the high quality sparring that he's getting and learning in the gym and then fighting guys that, that are just going to run and go on the back foot and not give him any problems. Mendoza was two foot tall coming forward and and coming in with the head and th- things like that. It was it's part of his education. You know, I'm not moaning about it. That's that's part of the education. You're gonna fight rough fighters when you step up. You've got to be able to handle it. And I thought he handled it really, really well. I want fighters, fighters that are trying to actually win and throwing a capable of throwing punches at him. Um, they're the guys where you're gonna see him develop more, you're gonna see him take more away from those fights, and you're gonna see the best of him as well. I don't know whether anything you put out or not. I haven't seen anything, but what was the case with regards to Zahid Hussain pulling out of a fight, especially on such short notice, Dave? Said he got tonsillitis. Okay. At least it went COVID. <laughs> All right, Dave. Um, moving forwards once again, uh, moving on to Lee Wood. Uh, very happy man. I'm, I'm, I imagine you are for Lee. I know how, yeah. how much Lee's wanted that British title for a long time now. But how did you assess yeah. his fight with Reese Mould? It was a very good fight up until obviously the point of the stoppage. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, but Lee was was always about making making mold work um work harder than he had to and he was setting him up setting him up he was it was comfortable um he was getting to grips with a new style as well so it took him a few rounds to really get that you know get that confidence and then what you're doing is working once he started seeing a few reactions in in race then i think that that sort of just boosted his confidence and then obviously it, it, as soon as he hurt him, then you saw Lee, you know, really sort of um, just just relax up a little bit more. But I thought it was a very good performance. I thought he, he did really well. It's his first camp. It's only been eight weeks with Ben. It's always hard when you move to a new trainer and you're doing new things. Um, but I thought his base was very good. I thought the way he was throwing his punches was much better. Um, yeah, so um, I'm... You know, I'm over the moon for him. That British title, that's that's a massive thing for him. You know, he's wanted that all along. He went to into the tournament with MTK because there was a British title and he thought he was going to get hold of that. Um, so he's now British champion. That's ticked a massive box for him. Um, you know, he mentioned to me the other day, you know, since since he's been with me, um, management-wise, he's had six fights and six title fights. Um, so he's he's very, very happy. What is next for Lee, Dave? Because he has been mentioned the fact that he's 32 now and I know he's got loftier ambitions than just the British scene. Yeah. Do you think the plan will be to, to try and have one or two defences or effectively vacate and try and move quickly? Let's, let's, things are very difficult because of the pandemic. So a lot of things are up in the air, but what we're going to do, try and do is try and make a big fight. And, you know, try and, again, it's like what I'm saying about Jordan, about Hopi, about everybody, is you can't, in this pandemic, if you're wanting to get to there, and you're currently here, you can't use your slots up to stay around here. You've got to make the jumps to get you closer to your end game. So it's not really um, conducive to that for Lee to have just a defence against whatever, you know, um, against whoever domestically that's just going to keep him at the same same level. Uh, he needs to. He, he needs to try to get some, some, you know, get get bigger fights, and that's what we're going to try and do. 
moving away from Lee, but before we come on to Jordan, just to stick with the card from this past weekend, Dave, uh, obviously the shock of the night, Josh Warrington losing to Maurizio Lara. Just your thoughts on the fight? As a fan, you're watching it. Wow, what a fight. But also tempered with the fact that from round four onwards, it was horrible to watch. I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy watching that from, from round four. I, I didn't like that because... Um, Josh's legs never returned after that knockdown. Um, and what, a, a, watching a fight, a fight with no legs isn't really, isn't really great. We all like to see a tear up, but when fighters are, you know, fully in control themselves as such. Um, so it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable to watch for me. Um, but it, it, tremendous balls and heart. Unbelievable grit and determination. But um, yeah, Lara, Lara was given a chance to to use his assets, and and he did, you know. And it, we we knew going in there that it was tough. We knew going in there that it was heavy-handed, but we also knew that it wasn't. You know, look at him on the pads, look at his feet, look at it, it wasn't at that sort of level. If the fighter at that level uses his attributes, but I don't think Josh did. I just think Josh. Josh traded um, his superior assets to use the assets that are conducive to, to um, Lara's style. Stood in front of him, exchanged, thought he was going to bang him out there and out Mexican to Mexican. And um, yeah, unfortunately, it was a it was a bad night for him. But he's he's safe, he's all right, he's healthy, uh, and he'll learn from that. There was a lot of talk, kind of, not just after the fight, but during the fight as to whether or not the referee should have stopped it in the fourth round or maybe his team should have pulled him out a bit sooner. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, the ref has a, has a split-second judgment to make something when a fighter gets up he, or the way that it goes down. Some fighters, some refs will just jump straight in. Some will give you a chance. Um, it's difficult to say when you're not in that position. Um, I would have thought that if you've let him go on, it was wobbling. But if you let him go on because it's the end of the round, let him go back to the corner, have a look at him how he gets up the next round, a few seconds in, see if his legs, yeah. But he's got a different viewpoint to what we have, where we're at. Um, you know, and, and plus, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think. George Grove said it once. I think it was on ring on the ring apron after he boxed Carl Froch the first time. Um, we have this perception of certain fighters where if you're a fighter that doesn't get hit often and it works on, on skills defensively, every time they do get touched, it's like you make a point. Oh, he got hit there. I oh, got caught with a shot there. But it might be three times in a round, whereas a guy that is popping, you don't mention about the amount of times that he's getting hit as he's just walking forward, he's getting touched, getting touched. When it comes to a fighter that's seen as to have got a, a bit of a warrior mentality, a good chin, strong, never being hurt, we tend to think that they can absorb more because that's what we see, that, that you give them more of a chance when they're in that sort of hard fight. Do you understand what I mean? And if that had been a, a slick boxer that had all of a sudden get caught and he's wobbled all over the place, I think the fight would have been stopped. But because it's 
somebody with that reputation of being having a great chin, strong, you know, in, involved in great fights all the time, I think we give them a little bit more, more chance to take punishment, really, more chance to come come back round. You think, oh, he'll come back round, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's subconsciously. Um, but George Grove said it. He said, he said, because he had the reputation of being a little bit chinny, as soon as he got wobbled, it's like, oh, protect him. Whereas a Carl Frotch or, you know, a Warrington maybe, good fighters have balanced shots off the chin before and had no reaction. So you perceive them to be very, very durable and you allow them to, to have that chance of coming back maybe more. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But um, corner-wise, corner, corner point of view, again, it's great. Hindsight's great. But me personally, because he didn't have the legs under him, and because then when he went back out, if you're going to say, go on then, I'm going to give you this round, but get through the round, be safe. And if he'd have gone into a defensive sort of mode, trying to get get through the round with as little punishment as possible so he can, so he can you know, regain his legs and regain his senses, then yes, I can understand why you'd, you'd let him just try and get through it defensively. But he didn't. He was going out there straight to exchange and he was taking shots straight away. I had no, I, no, no thought about just getting through the, the round, really. So you got to pull him. you got to pull him. But if you're asking me personally, would I have pulled him out? Yes. Soon as soon as he's tottering, tottering about, you got to pull him out. But that's me, and they know their fighter more. I don't know Josh Warrington. It's very easy to say when you don't know the fighters, but then they know, you know, they're an experienced corner and they know what, what they was looking at and um, they made their choices. How difficult do you think Sean O'Hagan and Josh's father and his corner man would have found that, you know, because there have been criticisms of whether he should have been pulled out or not, but at the same time, nobody would know Josh better than his own, own father. You know, how difficult do you think he would have found it on the night? Obviously, this as his son, you know, forget it, forget about being his son. As a coach, that to watch that happen to your fighter is devastating. It's not what you want to see, but that's your son. So it's, it's got to be even worse. But as I said, it's all right saying. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying not to. I'm, I'm trying not to 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 be hard on it, because like I said, I'm not in that position. It's all right for us uh, with hindsight saying, "Oh, I should have pulled him out. I'd have pulled him out." Listen, now I know I would have pulled him out uh, when when you know when Jordan Jordan Gill was. I knew it was just went right with him against Tinoco. You know, I pulled him out. You know, I've pulled fighters out before when I just think, no, or, or they're not right. Or they're hurt or whatever. Um, yes, you know, you, you know, they know his son and everything like that, but it's the punishment he's taking. It doesn't matter how much you know your fighter, the punishment you're taking while you've got no legs under you, that's damaging. Um, so again, I, I don't know how to dress it up. I, I would have pulled him out, but... It wasn't me that, that that was there, and it wasn't me that 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 knows the fighter. So, like you said, they, they know the fighter very well. So, you know, and again, in the heat of the moment and everything like that, I, I, they've they've got. I don't know. I don't know. 
it's, it's easy to go around in circles and just waffle on in it. Dave, just one other thought on that card I want to touch on. Obviously, a controversial one, the one between Zelfa Barrett and Kiko Martinez. Um, the scorecards again coming in for criticism of Eddie Hearn after the, after the fight came out and kind of hit out the scoring that we're seeing in, in some some fights across the UK at the minute. Just your thoughts on the cards and how, how you saw the fight? Uh, same as everybody else, really. That There always seems to be scorecards where it just looks like, wow, eh? I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought Zelfa looked over at me and says, what do you think? And I was like, like that. Because I thought it was, it, it, really, I thought it was a draw or Kiko won it. I thought Kiko nicked it, to be honest. And I thought at best, I thought Zelfa got a draw. Um, but I thought it was, it, it, from where we were, and it's weird, it's, it, is, it, is, it is weird how a fight can look different on TV. Um, but, there was a lot of shots that, I mean, I haven't watched it back, um, but there was a lot of shots that you'd, you'd have Zelfa just literally just flicking, touching, 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 or Kiko just riding, riding and catching him on the gloves. But then you'd have Kiko bursting and his shots were the eye-catching shots. But sometimes there was more volume coming from, from Zelfa maybe. Um, and sometimes Kiko shots would be getting blocked or just missed. It was it was a you know it was one of those kind of fights. But I did think um I did think very, very close. I didn't think Zelfa won it. I thought I thought it was either a draw or or or, or Kiko got it. But if it in fights like that, if it goes around either way, you can you can have do you know what I mean? But when it's just so wide, one way you think flipping out because it was just one of you know it was one of those. And also, usually, you know, a guy that's that's coming coming forward like that, they tend to get and whether it's wrong wrong or right. Listen, I'm not one of these that thinks just because you're coming forward and you're throwing punches, you're winning the round. Because if you're throwing punches and coming forward and you're not landing, and the other guy's just sticking a jab on you, the other guy should be should be winning it anyway. That's boxing. It's not about who's coming forward and who's going back, but it's just how some people prefer fighters to be, prefer fighters to 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 fight, and they're likely to have that perception that they're winning the fight. But yeah, it's a it's a scorecards for me. That's that's the issue. What needs to be done, Dave, to address the issues? That I say it all the time. I've said it in about a million interviews. Every time this sort of thing happens, it's you know it. it it's pointless just going around in circles. I, I think that that they need to be judges need to be held accountable. It's a judge's opinion. Listen, boxing is an opinion. It, you can't say that that you know we all have the same opinion on everything. We don't. We have different opinions on everything, and boxing is no different. You know, and all I'm saying is make them explain. Just let's be transparent. How did you see that fight that way? Well, because I thought Kiko rumbling forward, yes, he was throwing the powerful shots, but I didn't think he was he was landing as many as Elfa. So you gotta say, if that's how you see it, and then maybe you've got a scorecard, then you said, Well, that round was blatantly Kiko Martinez's round. How do you score it to Zelfa? 
well, I thought this, 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 from where I was sat, this, this, this. At least it's transparent. And then us as fans, we get to think, okay, right, all right, I'll get, all right, I can have that. I don't agree with you, but I can have that. I've got an understanding of where your thought process is. By just being stumped and nothing being said, we're left thinking, how the fuck did you get that scorecard? Oh, it's corrupt. Oh, it's this or it's that. Because we don't know. We don't know the answers. Do you understand what I mean? I just, I just think that that's what we need. And also, when it is blatantly, um, like some fights are like literally blatantly one-sided and they give it the other guy, they should, they should be on a, a ban or like a, a sin bin sort of thing where they don't get to referee the big, uh, uh, judge the big fights. You know, it should be like your world title level, European title level, your domestic British title level, and then everything else. And you have a pecking order and you can drop as well as go up sort of thing. We have to do it as fighters. So maybe maybe something like that, have an assessment, you know, um, a performance assessment. But I do think that they should, they should um, be held accountable. I, I'm not into this where, oh, you know, they, they, they don't have to explain themselves. I think, I think everybody should, should have to explain themselves. If, if like we're, we're discussing a corner, should they have pulled him out? They should have put it out. Should they have pulled him out? Everyone's discussing that, you know. The, the the next time that that Sean does an interview or anyone in his team does an interview, they'll be asked that question because people don't feel as though it's a problem asking asking a fire, uh, asking a coach. Well, you know, this this this. What do you think about that? Blah blah. Was if a fighter gets beat, he's had a, he's got a microphone microphone stuck in his face, asking where did it go wrong? You know, did you feel this? Could you have done this? Could whatever. So why not? Why not a judge? Moving forward again, diving onto this coming week, obviously Jordan Gill back in the ring versus Cesar Juarez. Talk to him about kind of this matchup because we've seen Cesar, we know that he's competed at world level before. So yeah. again, another very good step up for Jordan. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Listen, I've said it before: pandemic. It means that you're fighting very rarely, and so you cannot just stay at the same same level. You need, to, you need to take the jumps, otherwise you're wasting your slot and not moving any further forward to your end goal. Um, so we said, you know, Jordan's had three very good wins at domestic level in Jason Cunningham, Commonwealth champion a couple of times, um, uh, Ryan Doyle to win the Commonwealth title, Reese Bellotte, another good, you know, former champion there. So he's had three good wins at domestic level. We don't know when we're fighting again. We get, you know, Jordan, stay in the gym, stay in the gym. I'm keeping working, trying to get him out. Get, get him out. Phone call goes, we're ready. You know, I've been saying to Eddie, we're ready, we're staying in the gym. You, you have to be ready for any call, whether it's a six-rounder, eight-rounder, 10-rounder, 12-rounder, we're, we're ready. And yes, we can make championship weight, we're ready. He's lived throughout Christmas and New Year, just staying up here and training, 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 just in case. And then we got the call. So you have to take the leaps because we don't know when we're going to fight again. We need to make the people that are making decisions on when you fight again say, yes, he deserves another fight. 
at this level, at that level, blah, blah. So we've took this, and Juarez is a very, very good, good fighter. You know, um, a few years ago, he was in fight of the year with Nanito Donaire. Um, give him hell. Recently, Angelo Leo and Castro um, is, is boxed. Uh, both undefeated fighters at the time. Uh, Leo, 18-0. Castro, 25-0. And, um, and he's giving him hell. While every, even if he gets beat, he's in there throwing punches, winging away body shots, head shots, take shots, come straight back. He doesn't fold willingly. You know, and and he's a he's another one of these Mexicans that you're gonna know that you're in a fight, and this is a big step up for Jordan, and it's a step up he's ready for. It's a step up he's been preparing for, and so we need to take it. How Jordan felt throughout this camp, kind of getting back into the ring last year, very good victory against Reese Bellotti. How is this one compared to the last one? Um. Ability-wise, he's improved so much. It generally has improved so much. He's, he's, he's gone up levels. I mean, he'd improved so much for the Bellotti fight. And that's since then, he's just, you know, he's worked on different things. His mindset's so much better these days than what it was a couple of years ago. Um, I'm really, I couldn't, I can't knock him with anything. I, I, I'm so happy with everything he's done. All he has to do now is replicate on, on Saturday night. Just And it's not just the odd spot. It's every single spot, every single session has been consistent, consistent, consistent with what we've been doing. What we've been working on has been doing. It's just got to go in there and do that on Saturday night. It's, it's about forming the lights when it matters. And against Bellotti, he did. And now he's gone up levels again, ability-wise. Now he's got to show that again. And this is what, what makes champions. Is Each time you improve in each camp and in the gym, you then have to show it on fight night. And as the levels go up, you still have to show it on fight night. You have to raise your game with it. And that's what he has to do. Um, and, he, and also, this is where the lessons of Tinoco come into factor. You know, Bellotti was going to come forward throwing body shots and this, but he, it, showed, it showed there that it was better than it was at hand in those moments than what it was against Tinoco. Now it's really going to show because this guy is, is the best fighter he's ever fought. You know, this is um, a real test. And, you know, he's it, um, in a really good place. He just has to go out there and do it. And, and, I'm, and if he goes out there and shows me what he's been doing, then he's going to look very, very good. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be a very hard fight. It's going to be a very hard fight. Whether, you know, when you, like I said, the, the good fighters that he's been in with, even when they've beaten Juarez, it's a tough fight. It's a hard fight. So you're in for a good fight. Moving forward, Dave, just want to touch on a couple of fights on the card. Obviously, Kelly Avenician is one which everybody's been looking forward to for an absolute age now. Yeah. Your fourth yeah. fingers crossed, everything goes plan. We don't have any hiccups and it does go ahead on Saturday. How does the fight play out? Oh, I think it's a great fight. I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. And like everybody else, it's just the, all the, the little dimensions to it. The Neil Marsh and Adam Booth thing as well. There's so much, so many things to this. Uh, it's been going on for so long. Um, I'll be honest with you. I just think literally for two years, Josh Kelly has just been improving in the gym 
I know Avanesian has, and he's at, you know, he's been fighting and he's, uh, he's had good, very, very good wins, which has made this fight even bigger. Um, but we, we tend to give Josh Kelly, a, not me, but people, we tend to give Josh Kelly a, a, a tough time. But that's because he's flash and he's slick and he's smooth. But I always remember Adam before, you know, earlier on in his career, and Adam was talking about his development, and he'd be talking to me about Josh Kelly, and he would always mention about how tough this kid was. And I was like, oh, really? I've never seen it. We've never needed to see it. And he was always saying about how he can have it, and he, you know, he is, he is not just style, he's got the substance behind it. Well, that's going to prepare him and if that's the case, we'll see that on 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 Saturday against Avenisian because there probably will be little tough moments where Avenisian gets up close on him. But I actually genuinely think that that Kelly's going to put on a clinic and just completely outbox him. I don't think he's going to fight to make it you know, have a tear up or anything like that. I think he's going to use his assets, and his assets take away Avenisian's assets. And and I I do I think I think Kelly's going to put on a, a very very convincing performance where at the end of it we could look at the fight and go well that was a lot easier than what we thought. Final fight, Mercado. Just want to touch on Florian Marcou versus Ryland Charlton again another one which has been postponed a couple of times. Your thoughts, Dave? That's a fun fight, isn't it? That's a fun fight. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Marcou with Clifton Mitchell. That's interesting. Um, that'd be interesting because because Clifton's a good coach as well, and he'll he'll have been looking to give a couple more dimensions to Marco really, um, because Marco I, I know you know Sam Jones raves about him. Yes, and yes, it punches hard, but the, the Marco that we've seen, I think, is just very very basic and limited. Um, I've only ever seen Charlton that once in his last fight and it looked very good. But again, the guy that he was in against, you you know, it, it suited him. It's interesting. I kind of, from what I've seen in Baltimore, I kind of fancy Charlton. Um, but it depends on how much Marco's improved in the time that he's had with, with Clifton. I, I don't know. Um, I just can't wait for it. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great fight. It really is. Well, Dave, it's going to be a great card. Look forward to seeing Jordan back out. I hope you enjoy your bubble, your time in the bubble once again when you head down. Um, we'll leave that there, though, now. I know you said you've got to go and shoot off for your session at half 12 with Jordan Stone to keep him hanging around. I appreciate your time, though, mate. I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, mate. Nice one.